It was a move that needed to be made on Sunday as Darren Hiller is out as offensive line coach. Still one that comes with a bit of surprise and a lot of questions moving forward. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is, for some of you, Sunday uh, afternoon, but for most of you, Monday, October 10th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. As I said, we're doing this live over on our YouTube channel on Sunday afternoon. In the wake of the Darren Hiller uh, news that we're going to obviously talk a lot about here in a moment, but be sure you guys are subscribed over at YouTube. This is going to go up and stay up for uh, a couple hours before these go live on podcast platforms and whatnot. So if you guys want to see the episode sooner, join in on the conversation, see some live shows on breaking news on some stuff like this, uh, be sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, just Locked On Hoosiers on YouTube. But yeah, the big news, the obvious news of the day on Sunday of the weekend is that Darren Hiller is out as offensive line coach for the Indiana Hoosiers, a move that may be a long overdue, but one that was impossible to not make after Saturday's loss to Michigan. Announced on Sunday afternoon, uh, Tom Allen had a quote, I want to thank Darren for his efforts and dedication to our football program. He represented IU in a first-class manner, but I believe it's time for a new voice to lead the offensive line room. Saturday was definitely a breaking point. Uh, It was as bad as I can remember the offensive line being, and I thought that they largely were improved this season, but that was not the case on uh, Saturday. They looked rough, to say the least. Connor Bazelak was under constant pressure. Michigan had seven sacks. Uh, it felt like every drop back from about the middle of the third quarter on, he was under pressure. Uh, clearly had no trust in his offensive line to uh, stay in the pocket because if he did, he was getting slammed. Otherwise, he was forced to bail. And it just completely derailed IU's offense. Uh, over the last two games, they have negative five yards of offense in the fourth quarter, which is just staggering. I I have it written down. I said it out loud and it still feels like I said something wrong. They have negative five yards over the last two games in the fourth quarter, which there's a, there's, there's a lot of issues right now. And this is maybe the tip of the iceberg, but icebergs are really big and there's still other things you have to address. Uh, Rod Carey will come in and replace uh, Darren Hiller as the offensive line coach. Uh, again, Tom Allen's quote, uh, Rod is a tremendous football coach and a leader of young men. His record as a head coach and offensive line coach speaks for itself. Rod will make an immediate impact and integrate well with our offensive staff. He was brought in, uh, this past off season as a, uh, quality control coach. Uh, I never really understand those, uh, what that role means necessarily, in hindsight, it might have been uh, a move made in case of 
this happening uh, because he was someone that has, or he is someone that has a lot of uh, experience as an offensive line coach. He's done it all over the place. Uh, he's been a head coach as well, but uh, he has been an offensive line coach at Division Three uh, Wisconsin Stout, but then Illinois State, North Dakota, Northern Illinois, and then went 64-50 and 50 as a head coach at Northern Illinois from 2012 to 2018 and at Temple University from 2019 to 2021. He had seven bowl appearances in that span. Now, true to a IU form, he is 0-7 in those bowl games, but nonetheless, um, he has had success as a head coach, but he's the new offensive line coach. I think the first point worth making is that while this was a needed change, this isn't something that's going to be fixed overnight. Uh, that was kind of part of the problem with this offensive line. I, I'd kind of formulated a show to talk about kind of the state of IU football on the offensive line. And one of my points was this offensive line is broken in a way that you can't fix it overnight. I didn't expect Tom Allen to fire, uh, Darren Hiller mid season, uh, that, I mean, I'm surprised in some ways, I don't want to say I'm pleasantly surprised that someone lost their job. There's always that aspect of it. This was a change that needed to happen immediately. In hindsight, maybe not even in hindsight, it probably should have happened during the offseason. Tom Allen spoke during the offseason that he had kind of one-on-one, heart-to-heart conversations with his uh, coaching staff, and he believed that the offensive line could improve. Uh, he believed there was progress that could be made after Saturday's game. Uh, he was asked if he still believed kind of in that progress and whether it could be made. And this was pretty telling and ultimately was an omen, uh, quote, not the last three weeks, not last week and not this week. I'm very disappointed, very disappointed. And clearly to the point that he moved on from Darren Hiller on Sunday afternoon, uh, IU has a lot of things they need to do with that offensive line. This is a step in the right direction. Uh, I certainly will acknowledge that. And there may be various aspects that improve over the next couple weeks. Uh, you're at, you're starting at pretty much rock bottom after that Michigan game. So in a lot of senses, it can only get better at the same time. Uh, you can't really inject new talent mid-season. So there's still limitations they're working with. I, I think the offensive line, the way they approach it, the way they recruit it, needs just a complete rebuilding. You can't do that in the middle of October, uh, but you can make the changes that you can, basically. You can replace the offensive line coach. That needed to happen because we were at a point with IU football, and I, I tweeted this on Saturday, where it was hard to get excited about where the program was going because you just started each game with such a deficit knowing that um, IU was going to struggle on the offensive line. And that's such a, a huge hole to recover from that uh, it was hard to really get excited about any possible upset. Even on Saturday when IU was playing way better than I thought they would for a good chunk of that game, 
there was always this sense of inevitability that uh, eventually Michigan was going to figure some things out and IU's offense was going to struggle, and that's what happened. Uh, that was, I think, a bit of a flattering scoreline to Michigan, though by the end of it, they were doing pretty much what I expected them to do the whole game, and they were only rushing five guys at most. A lot of times it was just four guys and just meeting at the quarterback. It was as dismal of a offensive line performance as I can remember. So the change was made. Hiller is out. Rod Carey is in. Uh, we'll see. It, like I said, it can only kind of go up from here, um, which is good news, but there's still a, a pretty huge mountain to climb. And I use issues aren't limited specifically to just the offensive line. Replacing the offensive line coach is not going to suddenly make this a bowl team. Uh, but they're, this is a step in the right direction. So I want to talk about a couple other takeaways I had from Saturday's game. Uh, and some positive, some negative. We'll, we'll talk about both sides here. First, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my apartment. They protect you with cutting edge security technology. Powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that will or that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Uh, our, the monitoring experts use proprietary advanced research technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so that you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize a perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. You'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. It's, uh, visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Big thanks to all of you who made us your first listen today or. Again, as I said, your first watch of the day. Maybe you're watching live on YouTube. Uh, big shout out to everyone who uh, is watching on YouTube, whether live or uh, a little bit later. You guys have been awesome supporting us over there. We're really close to 500 subscribers. Uh, we have a couple weeks left, so we want to try to do that before the start of basketball season. Head on over, subscribe. So you don't miss this live content either. It's something I want to try to start doing a little bit more, especially once basketball starts. Let's talk about a couple other takeaways from Saturday's game. Um, again, I kind of formatted this. We're changing it on the fly because I really didn't expect there to be any news today. I was about ready to start recording when the news came out, so I waited a little bit. Uh, tried to reformat some things. One thing that IU did do with Walt Bell and the offense on Saturday that I liked is they went to the screen game to alleviate some of the issues on the offensive line, to alleviate the inability to really run the ball. 
Uh, it's something Kalen DeBoer did a lot is use those quick hitting screens to um, gain kind of the short yardages. Uh, it's what led to Wap failure having games of like 15 catches for 70 yards or whatever it was in that bowl game. Uh, that was the very extreme version of that. But kind of those short screens or short um, passes out to the flat uh, work as a run game in a lot of ways. Uh, it helped, I thought, keep IU in a rhythm as well. Just having completions, having positive yardage within the uh, the run game, I guess Freudian slip. The pass game, uh, I thought, kept IU in a bit of a rhythm. It, it's a, just simply seeing the ball go into someone's hands and moving uh, the sticks forward, basically, uh, just mentally worked a lot better than going one for three but getting a first down, it felt like. So uh, I thought that mattered. I thought that was good. I thought I use, I use offense looked pretty good in the first half, even though they managed 10 points. That's a, I mean, it's against a really good Michigan team that they were scoring on and playing level with. So I thought IU's offense looked really good in that first half. Now, the problem is Michigan adjusted to that screen game at halftime, pretty much took it away completely in the second half. IU had no counter adjustment to that. They're now largely because the idea would be to maybe fake the screen, do a, a pump and go or, um, different kinds of routes like that. You can't do that when you don't have protection from the offensive line. Uh, so I don't know how much it was that IU did not have a counter in mind, or it was simply IU could not counter because of the state of their offensive line. It always feels like we come uh, harping back to that with the offensive line, but they really just dictate so much of what you want or can do. Uh, what, I'm sure IU wanted to counter and wanted to throw different things at that Michigan defense. I thought Walt Bell was excellent in the first half. It takes a lot out of your hands when you just can't really do anything. Like in the, in the second half, in the third and fourth quarter, there was nothing IU could do in the pass game. Uh, Bazelak was dropping back, and especially in that fourth quarter, he was dropping back and was immediately under fire. He was having to escape the pocket and throw the ball away, uh, or he was getting sacked, or he was um, forcing quick throws to avoid being sacked. Like, you can't have any sort of intricate routes or, or intricate plays because Bazelak just didn't have the time to sit in the pocket and wait on things to develop which completely just destroyed Indiana's game plan. Uh, you pretty much ball it up and throw it away when it was like that. So uh, that second half was as frustrating as the first half was great, I thought. But a lot of that came because Michigan realized they just needed to send four or five guys at um, at the quarterback and kind of set everybody else back. And it helped playing with a lead because they could just pin their ears back and race to the quarterback. Uh, but at the same time, they were starting to have their way, even when it wasn't a, even when they didn't necessarily have a lead and or just a one score lead. So, a lot of what happened in that second half, I thought, was dictated by a poor offensive line. Now, I wrote this again before the firing. We'll see how they react. 
this was starting to feel a lot like last season where things went bad and started to spiral a little bit. The defense, I mean, just kind of the same blueprint. The defense was, is routinely being put in tough positions and get worn down through each game. Uh, now, I think a big part of that is just simply the pace the offense is playing at is hurting the defense. They, and, and Joel Klatt talked about this on Saturday, and it, it was a really good point. Um, it's one we've kind of alluded to here, but when you're the struggling team and, or the, the underdog, so to speak, in these types of games on Saturday where you're looking for a big upset, you want to minimize the number of snaps. You want to, it's a lot like how Virginia plays basketball. This is the analogy I gave. The fewer possessions there are, the fewer possessions there, uh, the, the better team can score, basically. So the fewer snaps there are, the fewer chances there are for the opposing or the better team to score. With IU, they go drastically the other way. They want to get as many snaps as they possibly can. When it's good, I use offense to look really good. And I use offense to look like one that could compete with Michigan. They don't have the depth to compete with the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn States. Even I question the Maryland's and the Michigan States and things like that. Because especially defensively, you see it wear these guys down and they don't have the guys on the bench, they can't bring in an entire new defensive line and expect them to be able to to perform at the same level. Michigan was rotating multiple players on the defensive line whenever they would sub. IU can't do that. There's not that level of depth within the IU program. Potentially, that's what they're trying to do. And when you get a recruiting class like what Tom Allen had last year, that's the hope. We continue to see a lot of true freshmen stepping up, but there's still a ways away from that. And the result is when you play this many snaps, it just wears everybody down. And by the fourth quarter, IU looked offensively and defensively like they were just kind of out of ideas and fumbling and stumbling their way to the finish line. Um, and that's been a recurring trend defensively in a lot of games, uh, especially the last couple weeks. Now, there are counters to that. The Cincinnati second half, the defense looked great. Uh, again, some of that is probably attributed to the fact that Cincinnati wasn't necessarily trying to score in the second half. They were already up four scores anyway. There wasn't the same level of aggressiveness. Um, there have been second half comebacks, a Western Kentucky game as well. But I think against these kind of elite teams, which there aren't a ton left on the schedule, but I was just going to get worn down in the fourth quarter. And we saw last season that stretched out bigger to just being worn down at the end of the season, just the, the snaps adding up. So the problem is this is the type of offense that IU signed up for. So are things going to spiral in that same way? Is everybody going to get worn down? Are these losses going to mount? Is the snowball effect going to grow? And it, are things going to look really bad at the end of the season? I don't know if it's going to spiral or not. Uh, they certainly did something they didn't last year and made a change to the coaching staff. Maybe that kind of makes everybody sit up straight and realize that, oh, Tom Allen's really serious about this, and if we don't do our job, we might be gone next too, whether a player, a coach, whatever it is. Um, 
there's a winnable stretch of games coming up or some some winnable games at the very least that IU has. And we talked after that Nebraska game, bowl game is probably out of the picture, but uh, winnable games are still there. Maryland, Rutgers, um, Purdue. So there are still moments how you could come away with wins, but there's a lot of questions still. So we'll see if this, if this change on Sunday sparks something and uh, keeps IU from, from entering that spiral or if it's going to look a lot like last season did. Let's wrap up talking about Hoosier hysteria from Friday. It was fun. It was, uh, it was enjoyable with one very memorable uh, quote that I'm sure everybody has seen at this point. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about Bet Online. Stunningly, shockingly, IU covered on Saturday, even with collapsing in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't have advised you to bet on the Hoosiers. In fact, I almost bet on uh, Michigan myself when I saw the pregame injuries that we didn't talk about. Cam Jones out for a couple weeks, it sounds like. A.J. Barner out. D.J. Matthews out. Uh, I am stunned IU covered. But uh, BetOnline.net is, I hope, the place you guys used for your betting this week because... They are the number one source for all football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you find or you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Who's your stereo was fun on Friday. I don't typically kind of tune into these um, or care much for them just because they just kind of end up being silly, corny practices. I mean, it's fun for some people. It just really isn't normally my cup of tea. I enjoyed it on Friday. I turned it on while I was doing some other stuff, had it on in the background, and I caught myself sitting down and watching it more than doing the other stuff. Uh, Shout out to both Terry Morin and Mike Woodson for entering Assembly Hall in a car. Uh, I did not expect that. That was hilarious. That was awesome. Shout out to Terry Morin for sporting the Taiwan Mullen jersey. Uh, Taiwan Mullen is a, a huge supporter of all IU athletics, uh, but has been a, a number of women's basketball games, not just in assembly hall, but in the big 10 tournament, NCAA tournament as well. He's been a huge supporter and Terry Morin showed some love back in that Taiwan Mullen Jersey on Friday. Mike Woodson entered in a car that said, uh, we love coach Knight on the back. Um, it looked awesome. Like I visually everything about Friday, looked really dope. Uh, Mike Woodson with probably the quote of his tenure. Um, I try not to cuss on this show. So unironically, uh, excuse my language, but his quote is Indiana basketball. Excuse my language is the shit. I love it. Hats off to him. That was hilarious. I laughed watching it in the moment. Um, I, it's, he's, he's, amazing right now he is uh clearly a huge fan favorite 
Uh, he's going to have a lot of expectations he didn't have last season, but um, he, everybody loves him. Just hearing the ovation he got at Hoosier Hysteria, everybody loves having Coach Woodson home. Uh, <laughs> easily the most bizarre moment of the night was Brady Quinn recruiting for IU. I had to tell multiple people about this. Uh, if you didn't see it, obviously big noon kickoff, whatever Fox's version of college game day was, it was in town for that IU Michigan game. So the Brady Quinn, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, all those guys were in Bloomington already Friday night. Brady Quinn and Reggie Bush invited out onto the court during Hoosier hysteria. Reggie Bush just cashing threes. Um, stunning he might he might still have some college eligibility in basketball i think he does so uh send him out there and uh actually he may not because he actually played sports i don't know how it works i'm not going to try to figure out ncaa's uh rulings and whatnot but he was cashing threes that's all beside the point brady quinn then took the mic he he was interviewed a little bit talking about bloomington iu whatever took the mic asked there's definitely recruits here where are the recruits at turned to them and then sold indiana for like 30 45 60 seconds straight just talking about what a great university it is what a great atmosphere it is how there is no other atmosphere like this which i had to re- look it up myself brady quinn has no connection to indiana he was born in columbus ohio he obviously played at notre dame there isn't an iu connection there I don't know how many times he's even probably been on IU's campus. Uh, If he has, it would just be for some of the football games like this. I'm not complaining. Shout out to Brady Quinn for uh, pitching IU to recruits who I don't know how many of them even probably know who Brady Quinn is. They might have seen him on the uh, football show before. They definitely, at that age, probably don't know him as former Notre Dame quarterback, but it was still bizarre. It was a part of the bizarreness of the, uh, of the night. They had a couple skills games. They had a three point shootout, which Chloe Moore McNeil absolutely caught fire in the three point contest and looked incredible. Her and Miller cop won. Uh, they had a kind of a shooting challenge that ended in half court shots that grace Berger. That's well within her range. Apparently she hit a couple last year. Uh, she hit one on Friday, um, race Thompson hit one, his team won. I believe him, Derek Elston and Mackenzie Holmes was the team. Uh, race Thompson struggled to knock down a three pointer, then walked out there and hit his first half court shot. So, uh, kudos to him on that. I did not stick around for the concert part of it on the stream. Uh, I left before that, but ultimately it was a really fun showing. Uh, these are two teams with a lot of expectations, but a lot of talent, it was fun to see them both out there together a couple weeks before things are going to get a lot more serious. So uh, I hope IU fans continue to support both teams uh, because both teams have very big aspirations. Terry Morin uh, talked about a final four being the next goal and then pointed at the banners and said she wants one of those. I love that. Uh, Coach Woodson said that Big Ten and national titles are what he's here for. I love that as well. So let's start winning some more trophies, winning some more uh, conference titles, and hanging some more banners for both programs here in the future. 
Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk more about football. That's the the news of the week right now. Get some more reaction to the firing of Darren Hiller. Tom Allen will have his press conference on Monday, so we'll get some more quotes on that. Talk about another um, aspect of IU football that I think is interesting around Donovan McCauley. So we'll, we'll dive into all that on tomorrow's episode. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter so you can also see when we go live on YouTube. I tweeted it out uh, just a little bit, a few minutes before we went live. So be sure to follow us over there at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Leave a quick rating and review while you're over there. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, uh, I hope all of you have a terrific start to your week. And as always, Elio.